This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. It's a privilege to yet be in the land of the living. It's a new mercy. The Bible calls it. Amen. We have a new mercy. That's, that means a lot. A new mercy. We ought to be thankful for that. A new mercy. How many had a premature death these last few months? So many young people going to the other side. I pray their souls were ready. I pray they made it right. I pray they got their house in order. My God, may we put our houses in order by submitting, therefore, to God and resisting the devil so that he will flee. You know why the devil's not fleeing so many so-called places of God, which starts even in our own body, the temple of the Holy Ghost, uh, the church of put your name there. Amen. Uh, is the Holy Ghost the one being uh, honored? Is the Holy Ghost the one wherein we make accommodations for? Um, but is the enemy feeling too cozy? My God, maybe the Holy Ghost has been put on shutdown and maybe the, the enemy has come in and has preeminence. I hope that's not the case with you. Amen. Pray it's not the case with me. Amen. Pray for one another. Amen. We learned last week about praying for one another. Ah, so much more as we see the time for Christ's arrival, return to come. Will we be ready? My God. You know, we're, we're still in the Living Truth series, and the Holy Spirit is taking us through this curricular journey. And we have uh, part one of the series, which we're dealing with nine lies that Christians believe. Isn't that something? Christians believing lies. But if you're not privy to what the Holy Spirit is saying in the Word of God, what he's revealing, you could fall prey to some type of misteaching, false doctrine, some kind of lie. We want to look at the eighth one today. We're in the Old Testament today, and beginning there, there are going to be some New Testament references as well. But Second Chronicles 6, where we will be. Thank God for the Holy Spirit being in our midst. Thank God he's the one that fills us all and fills seats that we think are not filled. Amen. Thank God he's here. He's here. He, he, he's the one that, that, that takes up the slack. My God, when you have something missing in your life, the Holy Ghost will come and take up the slack. Yes, he will. My God, I've heard testimonies of folk lost their Mother, the Holy Ghost began to be motherly to them in a way, my God, so that they wouldn't falter, my God, wouldn't falter in their emotional state, my God. He was a father for some, amen, brother, sister for some. But in an ongoing uh, looks at the observations of all the people of God that have had experience with the Holy Spirit, yes, he's working, working on you, working on me. And he wants us to be what God would have us to be. Ah, but we got to stop fighting them. Amen. I'm making a vow today. Help me, Holy Ghost, to stop fighting you. Amen. Help me to stop fighting you. My God, we got to get there. We got to get there. Let's look at what Second Chronicles 6, 29 through 31 has to offer for us today. New King James Virgin going right in. It says, whatever prayer, whatever supplication is made by anyone or by all your people, Israel, when each one knows 
his own burden and his own grief and spreads out his hands to this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place and forgive and give to everyone according to all his ways, whose heart you know, for you alone know the hearts of the sons of men, that they may fear you to walk in your ways as long as they live in the land which you gave to our fathers. Father God, I pray your spirit illuminate my God, our minds, the soil of our souls be prepared, harrowed by the prayers already offered up, petitions for this service, Lord, for this word to accomplish what it is set out to do. May the gospel seed be, 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 be planted, watered. The ground has been watered with the former rain. Planting now happening, and we pray the Holy Spirit allows, amen, for this room to happen in your spirit. Ah, but we got to allow the Holy Ghost to come in. Give him access to your spirit and allow the gospel seed to be planted that it may germinate, may take root, may grow, may have, you may have fruit in your life. Amen. Somebody believe me for some fruit. Amen. To sprout new roots, new leaves, new branches. My God, as spring is upon us, may we spring forth to action. May we move forward in the matchless name of Jesus to accomplish what his will has in store for us to do, that we may be participants in advancing the kingdom of Christ. We know you're able, God, in Jesus' matchless name. Thank God, thank God. I feel like giving them a quick little praise right here, right here, right here. Oh, I thank you, Lord, for your word. May it do it seating abundantly above what we could ask or think in Jesus' name. Thank God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank God. Today we're going to look at, amen, the fact that how we have a tendency as humans to, to fix our lives. Amen. Anybody into fixing some part of their life? Amen. Amen. At faith's value, it's not so bad. It's not so bad. But we could take it a little far, too far. We tend to want to fix our lives and almost take the place of God to a point. We like to, as humans, because of how we're wired and what we're used to feeling, what we're used to, uh, how we're used to thinking, and how we're used to appropriating the affections in our heart, we want to arrange our lives so that we will have our own pleasure in ways sometimes that might even cross the line, might violate true biblical holiness at times. My God, we're going to look at that today and how we tend to build, amen, a love for a better life outside sometimes of the true leading of God's spirit. And if that happens, we will eventually, uh, without even noticing at times, we will begin to corrupt our love for God. It becomes tainted in a way. My God. It's pretty easy at that time in our lives um, to do whatever we find right in our own eyes, especially when life seems so hard. And, and oftentimes the Christian life seems a little confusing. And, and sometimes the Christian life may seem to be void of relevance for today. 
We look at old stories in Sunday school and such, and we look at our life today, and we sometimes might find the Word of God a little uh, not so relevant and sometimes unrealistic for our modern sophistication. Because, yes, we're sophisticated, y'all. Amen? See, that's the time that it makes it easy for us to accept this eighth lie in our series that God has accepted me for who I am, he likes me, and he has given all things for me to enjoy. My God, we're going to look at that today, that God has accepted me for who I am. You are what you are. You are who you say you are. That's what really the book is saying that's out there. <laughs> Sometimes they try to say, you are what God says you are. But we have our own God. And a couple of sermons back, uh, we called that God a Play-Doh, Jesus. We can form him the way we want, and he will, amen, accomplish what we have set for him to do. We have commissioned God. God has accepted me for who I am. He likes me and has given all things for me to enjoy. You know, this spiritual condition confuses and clouds the way for us to be delivered from estrangement away from God and to be led by God's spirit into the uh, salvation grace of God's loving fellowship. That's where God wants us to be. So he could rise to his, his rest and be blessed with our praise. God does not want to rise to warfare. He wants to rise to his rest. Amen. And sometimes when we're going astray and away, that's when the fight begins, the tug of war, the hide and go seek, the tag, you're it, my God. We want to play games and run away. When we do all of that and we're getting lost in the sauce of things and the fogginess of our estrangement now has caused us to now be in some kind of confused journey, that's exactly when God's grace seems like a maze. Let's deal with that. That's the real title of the message today. When God's grace seems like a maze. But we know God's grace is supposed to be amazing grace, as the hymnologists put it. Amen. But it could be a maze because you know what a maze is. It's a series of twists and turns and you can't tell if you should go left or should go right. You don't know how to get out of this thing. You're stuck in the middle somewhere. How should I get out of this thing? When considering the context of today's scripture base from Second Chronicles. We need to realize that some theologians call First and Second Chronicles the Acts of the Old Testament. You heard of the Acts of the Apostles in the New Testament? Well, this book, these two books are considered the Acts of the Old Testament. Amen. Both parts of Chronicles show that Israel suffers again and again and again because of its great sinfulness. Of course, because they're lost in the fogginess of their own maze of doing right, whatever is right in their own eyes. You can find that in 2 Kings 17 uh, and in 2 Kings 24 also. Yet there is still hope for the nation, even though they're doing that, because God's chosen family of kings has not come to an end, according to 2 Kings 25. And God remains ready to forgive those who repent, according to 1 Kings 8 who's the author of these books, none other than Ezra, 
according to tradition. The theme of these books are the, the, the reign of King David. Remember, we talked about in the last sermon, Ruth bridging uh, the Abrahamic covenant with the Davidic covenant, my God. And we see how now we're progressing into the reign of King David uh, with these books. And there are types and shadows in Chronicles. Jesus is the builder of the house of God. We have to keep that in mind. Yes, Jesus is in every book in the Bible. And here he's seen as the builder of the house of God. If Jesus isn't building it, you're building in vain. My God, my God. The general theme of Chronicles is this. The central theme of Chronicles is that uh, God's covenant with David is the basis of Israel's life and hope. We have to know that God is a covenant God. He wants to get with us, and sometimes we don't want to get with him. That's where we fall off and begin to believe whatever else. And then we'll see life in the eyes of the flesh only, and we'll not give heed to the Holy Ghost, but we'll give heed to seducing spirits that will drive us away from God. Uh, so we see in Chronicles the warning of such events in our life. The Davidic covenant is expressed in two institutions, the monarchy and the temple, the kingdom and the temple. See, my God, church and state, if you will, these institutions are related, uh, according to 1 Chronicles 17, uh, and together they represent God's kingdom in Israel in 2 Chronicles 13. The Davidic covenant does not replace the Mosaic covenant, the former covenant, my God, but builds on it. See, the Bible keeps scaffolding, building upon the foundation. It's building on it for the generations of the monarchy and the temple. Chronicles and the global church today, what's relevant? You see, God's purpose throughout history is to restore the world to the way he intended it to be as when he created Eden. Uh, and uh, in Eden, right, it, uh, there's a high point that will come in history to the throne of David. So we skipped a whole lot of history to get to the throne of David. Amen because I don't want y'all to go more asleep than you already might be. For through David, we discover that despite the sinfulness that continues down through David's line, God will establish the throne of his kingdom, how long? Forever. And God's steadfast love will not depart from him, according to 2 Samuel 7. These promises are the reason for the writing of First and Second Chronicles. We have to know what the books are for. So in a day of political corruption, y'all ever heard of that? Mm. Do we have that in our day? So in a day of political corruption, see nothing new, of every kind at every level, uh, so they had politicians, politics, many bloodsuckers, politics. My God, God's people around the world can take heart in the invincible purpose of God to restore a kingdom in which justice and righteousness will one day be established. In the coming of Jesus, this kingdom has already dawned, according to the New Testament, Mark, the first chapter. Whatever 
the frustrations over governmental corruption or anxiety over political instability. In Christ, anyone can be welcomed into a kingdom that will include much suffering, but finally perfect glory and joy. Amen? According to 1 Thessalonians 2, every Christian can say with Paul, quote, the Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom to be with, uh, to, to him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. According to 2 Timothy 4.18. And when God's people uh, in, in history dishonored him through their lives, even though they knew all this, uh, however, God directed the nations of the world to assume a quite different role in restoring honor to his reputation. You see, they could not stop the honor and glory of God. God will not be stopped. My God, he's almighty God. If we decide to do it, cool. But if we decide not to, God is still going to move anyway. And he'll move elsewhere. He'll move some other way. Amen. Second Chronicles repeatedly describes how the kings of Israel stopped reflecting the ways of their God. Sound familiar like today? So many souls today have stopped reflecting the ways of the almighty God. But they have the ways of their own God. And this is how it happens, just like back then, following the pagan ways of the nations. Second Chronicles 25 and also chapter 33 and 36. These sins uh, led to a, a, a um, major shift in how the nations related to Israel. And you know, there's a major shift in how the world relates to us as people of God. There used to be a, a, a greater uh, uh, honor, a greater respect if a Christian entered the room. Shh, that's a person of God. That's a church man. That's a church lady. Oh, that's a holy Joe over there. You better watch your mouth. You better stop it. But today, sometimes we're in the cussing contest with the crown on our head. Unfortunately, and our hips could gyrate better than the best of them, my God. And we don't know what those dances came from. They could have come from around a Asherah pole, for all we know. You need to dig into what each move means. Amen. It could be a means of us trying to show forth our sexuality, my God. Trying to show I'm still fertile. And we're communicating that through the dance. Dances have meanings. Dances have purpose. Dances have history. Dances are connected to a spirit. My God. See, the people back then, they, for, they had to forego all of that knowledge of wisdom from heaven just to, you know, dive in and digress and go away from God. They had to forget. They, they made themselves forget. The Holy Ghost re made them remember, but they just made it foggy and said, I don't want to, I'm not trying to hear you. They wanted to go on ahead and do whatever else, doing whatever else was right in their own eyes, following after the pagan ways. These sins did lead them to a major shift. See, rather than being co-worshippers of, of God, right, with Israel, um, the nations around them are now commissioned as 
God's agents to punish Israel's disobedience. How many today are, are seeing now that there's a move of chastisement upon the people of God, upon the house of God? The glory has departed, and we don't even know that it has departed. That's the shameful part. Ichabod is written, and we're going on as business as usual. The power seemingly has left. There's rhetoric, oh yes. There's intelligence, intellectual prowess and such. Words fancied up and, amen, sugared up. But the power has left. Folks aren't getting pulled into the transforming whirlwind of God's spirit. They're not being transformed by the renewing of their mind, by the washing of the holy word of God. The holy word of God, when it is unadulterated, will do what it came to do. But it's not doing what it came to do because it is not God's word. It's our word. We've tainted the word of God. We have taken the plug out of the socket of heaven, and now we're on our own. My God, groping about in darkness, trying to finesse people into the four walls instead of bringing them to the kingdom of Christ. My God, we're not working for God anymore. We've become fortune-telling machines. My God, we're wheeling around, around the altar, oozing by it, and not, amen, stopping and camping there, laying, amen, prostrate there until the Holy Ghost come, comes and cleanses us and changes us, redirects us, plants our feet on solid ground. We think the ground is solid we're, when we're in quicksand today. We're calling evil good and good evil. My God, we're all lost in this maze. My God. But God has come with light shining from heaven. Glorious. Amen. And wants us to come on in. Amen. And if you're thirsty and you know you are thirsty because the Holy Ghost gave you the revelation and you feel it. Amen. God removes the numbness and the dumbness of the drug of the pagan way and helps us to know that we are in need of a Savior if we still ignore it. My God, whose fault is it going to be? Our own fault. God wants us to be his agents, but now God is using uh, the pagan way that we are so thirsty for to become the rope that is the noose around our own neck. We're hanging our own selves. Look at what God did back in the old day. History repeating itself today. God sends Shishak, Shishak, king of Egypt, to defeat Rehoboam, king of Judah. My God... And in Second Chronicles, my God, the Philistines and the Arabians come to oppose King uh, Jehoram for the same reason in uh, the 21st chapter. The Edomites, Philistines, Assyrians, and Syrians each humiliate King Ahaz in various ways in the 28th chapter. Even Hezekiah and Josiah, two of the most godly rulers of God's people in chapters 29 through 32 and 34 through 34 and 35, are punished by the hand of foreign nations for succumbing to pride later in life. That broke my heart when I read about Josiah. I said, oh my God, he's such a man of God. He's 
causing reform and, you know, brought the word of God out of the wall. They had HGTV in the house of God and they put new walls in there and they kept building soul and doing what's right in their own eyes till they plastered the word of God inside the wall. (laughs) But look at God. Amen. Reform came and they found the word of God and they said, oh my goodness, we have gone off the beaten track. We have forgone our station. My God, we're lost and we're walking outside of hope and we need to repent. And there was a great repenting, my God. But later in life, God told Josiah not to bother uh, the king of Egypt, but he kept going and uh, he thought that the Egyptians were trying to mess with them on one side of their kingdom uh, and they would have a weakness over there and a breach would happen. So in fear, he went on after him. God didn't tell him to do it. And he had commissioned the king of Egypt to do what he commissioned him to do. And he said, I have been commissioned by God. And there was a prophecy and I'm doing what I am told. But he went on ahead and the demise of his life came. My God, we have to listen to what God is saying. It may be different from what we're used to, but we better listen to what God is saying. Uh, We may uh, fall out until we're not privy to the real move of God, and then we think we're still in there, but we're really on our own. My God, the guide for our life has already left because we didn't want him there. And we're we're thinking we're good because we're going on a scripture memory and we have our own intellectual prowess and our charisma and our ecclesiastical swag. And we think we're all that and we're going on about our merry way. But God has left the building. We need to watch it, amen, lest we fall like that. My God, it's already there in history. We need to learn from history. We don't want to be punished by the hands of foreign nations for succumbing to pride. The best of Israel's kings were unable to stay faithful, so the hope for God's promise of an eternal throne for David seemed to have been wiped away, according to 1 Chronicles 17. How would God accomplish his desire for missional magnetism, I'm calling it, because folks ought to flow to you to get to God. You should have such a testimony, a light shining in darkness that folks want to come to the light. My God, but so many, as you know, in John 3, it says people don't come to the light lest they be reproved. And you know the uh, axiom, don't judge me. My God. And people in the church are telling that to God, don't judge me. I have my Plato Jesus, I'm good. My God. But look, the nation of Israel back then lost its holy magnetism. It was supposed to be on a mission for God and bring people out of darkness. Oh my God. So God's desire for that to flow from Israel to the nations and back again was lost. Second Chronicles offers only a preliminary answer to these problems. Um, the story of global redemption does not end here, but continues in the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. Ezra, Nehemiah used to be called Ezra, Nehemiah, uh, but later on they split the books into two entities to have, you know, part one and part two sort of with the different authors the different prophets of different purpose, Ezra more of the teacher, and Nehemiah more of the builder. Amen. 
Uh, and then, so these books help us to get into the New Testament. They catapult us into the New Testament with the prophecies. The last chapter of Second Chronicles reveals prophetic previews of events that will answer whatever is needed for this hopelessness. It is greatly ironic that Second Chronicles ends with a Persian king's acknowledgement of the true God of Israel. Should have been Israel doing it, but God used a pagan. I mean, isn't that something? Since Israel herself usually forgot the living truth, God had to get others into the loop and let them proclaim his glory. Even the rocks will cry out, my God, I want to be on my station. I don't know about you. I don't need God waking up a rock to let the rock cry out. Amen. I want to be the one that's standing on a rock of safety so I could do what God commissioned for me to do. Not based on my own appetite for glory, because we all have that gene. Amen. The Holy Ghost needs to come in and amen, block that thing. God needs to be a beta blocker. And block the sinfulness, amen. Block the tendency to have my own way. But I want to say, have thine own way, O Lord. That's what we need to do. Modern disciples need to learn how to go on in with the football and make the touchdown. But how many times do we fumble the ball today? It is for this very reason that our God revealed in Luke 19... How even rocks are going to cry out. Rocks are going to cry out. Jesus told them that, didn't he? Because his praise will continue to flow. Amen. It's going to flow somewhere. But I want it to flow through me. Amen. Have your way, O Lord. Incline thine ear to us. Grant us thy peace. May we be found. Oh, hallelujah. In your will. That's what we need to do each and every day. We need to, amen, recoup and review and make sure that our feet are planted in the safety of God's will. God wants us to not go to sleep on the job, but we got to learn how to accomplish what God has commissioned for us to do. In 2 Chronicles, God wants us to know this, that it is only when we see the moral evil in the human heart that we will surrender to the mystery of his plan. But we are too busy looking at people for, you know, just trying to strum up some friendship, try to get all the friendship on the media and all the things we're trying to do, to rub uh, elbows with folk. And, you know, we're trying to, amen, be the big man on campus, whatever we're trying to do, whatever we're trying to build. It makes our heart go away from God into those auspices. My God. But we need to learn how to surrender to the mystery of God's plan. God's plan is too mysterious for us. We feel lost in the maze. That's because we left our guide at the doorstep. We need to bring the Holy Ghost with us on this journey so he could guide us through. He's the guide of our life. Don't ignore his call. Let him teach you. Let him lead you. Let him strengthen you. Let him revive you. Hallelujah. Let him do it. My God, in this world, God is working to destroy moral evil in his people because judgment begins at the house of God. God, So that's why God is working overtime in the house to get the evil out. Mostly in the next world, or mostly according to the book of the Revelation, uh, he will eliminate natural evil because one day we're going to be saved from the presence of sin. Amen. We must trust that he permits terrible things to happen ongoing while we're on this side of joy. Amen. 
natural evil that grieves his heart far more than ours, we got to remember that, uh, as part of the process of destroying the moral evil that offends his heart. We're going to go through some things in, in, in ways we cannot understand. God has the power and wisdom needed to move his plan forward through the evil of bombs and the injustice of suffering. So much that we see going on in the world today, just like yesteryear. No matter how great our pain or how confusing and intense our suffering, he expects us to live in the mystery of his love. He knows we often have no other choice but to struggle in the process of trusting in him. We are not to live with the priority of making our life in this world as good and cozy as we can make it. We will suffer at times unfairly, but we will be given what we need to enter strongly and wisely with supernatural love into every circumstance we face. Doing so will be our joy, our hope, our deepest fulfillment now as we look forward to a world void of the problems in the world that we see right now. The first nine chapters of this love letter focus on Solomon's work to build the temple. These chapters reveal God's concern for excellent quality uh, reserved for a holy purpose. Do we have that on our minds for the realm of agape Christian church? That we will have a concern for excellent quality in all that we do for this mission, for this ministry. Amen. I hope so. If not, we need to pray for revival, that God will bring us a mind and spirit from the Holy Ghost. Excellent quality reserved for the holy place of God. We need our temple, amen, to picture that a soul should be submitted to Christ's kingdom. We're not here to coddle the flesh. We're not here to uh, build up the ego of the flesh, my God, to have a showcase of intellectual prowess. But we're here to build up Christ's kingdom, to have it ordered and established throughout all that we do here. Amen. Such souls will reflect God's glory. Is the realm reflecting God's glory? Are you personally a lively stone of God that will fit jointly with another brother and sister here that will show forth God's glory no matter where you go in your places of work? Amen. Where you might play. Amen. Thank God. And where you may sleep. May God. My God. Sometimes where we sleep is a mix of all. My God. <laughs> but that's another message. Just as God's people were in a post-exilic period in their history, modern servants of Christ's kingdom will live in a state of deliverance from the chains of sin. Oh, Lord, I wish we could have that. Awaiting uh, 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 his return in power and glory without chains of sin in our life. Amen. Don't you want somebody else to be free from the chains of sin? We ought to have that hunger and thirst every day we wake up. Who are you going to help me, oh God, to help? Who are you going to help me to plant a seed or water the seed that has been planted? Who's going to be in my journey, Lord? Hallelujah. Who do you want me to speak the grace of God to? Amen. 
So in the meantime in history, while we are on this side of Jordan, thank God we need to learn how to celebrate the King of Kings in our life. Do we show forth holy faith in our life? Do we show forth the hope of glory in our life? Do we show forth the agape love of heaven in our life? Thank God. Due to the presence of sin in this world, you know, Christians cannot experience perfect satisfaction. We should not be looking for perfect satisfaction from this world we live in. Only Jesus can provide that. For now, as we are living in this world we are living in, suffering is an unavoidable part of our stay here. Unfortunately, it will exist until Jesus saves his sheep from the presence of sin. Until then, God wants his sheep to uh, persevere through suffering with the hope of full satisfaction when his son sits on his eternal throne in perfect fellowship with the sheep of his pasture. Oh, you can picture it in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Don't you want to make it there? Amen. We should wear this life as a loose garment and be ready to just throw away all things that are not pertaining to being holy. Amen. And stop clutching on to them. My God. Second Chronicles shows us what happens when we try to work for enjoyment above a most holy faith. As outlined by certain theologians I trust, Solomon's road to trespassing began when he married who? Pharaoh's daughter to secure an alliance with Egypt. You, you see the imagery there? Making an alliance with the ways of sin. This is what we do today. We make alliances. We have trusts in that thing, in the old spirit, in seducing spirits, showing us that it's okay to say yes. Why say no when it feels so good to say yes? Then we go on ahead and do it. My God, we click away. It just takes a click and you're in. My God, internet is fast. My God. Oh, God, so many habits that form today are fast, and they're strong, and they are strongholds. As soon as you touch them, you're in a stronghold. My God, the devil not playing around. It used to be a time of, you know, digging the ground, get the, get the you know, the foundation going, clearing trees and doing all that, smoothing it over. No, immediate stronghold. We got to watch it. God said, watch and pray. My God, lest we fall into these temptations. My God, we don't want to be like Solomon did. He fell into it, married into it, made an alliance with it, and he didn't need it. We tend to do such things every time we indulge in sensual fantasies or try to control how another person treats us. We shouldn't do that. That's witchcraft. That's when we are looking out for ourselves without entrusting our soul to God, just as Solomon was protecting his kingdom with his own plan. We begin to protect our own life with our own plan, the way we think life should be with our own mind and plan, what's ever right in our own eyes. See, likewise, Solomon knew he was doing something wrong. The Holy Ghost always tells us, and we always feel that guilt. It's a Holy Ghost guilt. Amen. My God, but it's going to lead to repentance. But we want to listen to these false doctrines that they, there should not be any guilt. There should not be any need for repenting. Jesus took care of everything. Why is everyone repenting? Remove the altars. Take those get saved hymns out of the hymn book. 
Wow. This is what's going on today. They're ripping the pages. They're burning them. My God. Oh, we should be burning in the mortgage. So say, yes, Jesus paid it all. Now all to him I owe. Amen. Sin had left the crimson stain, but Jesus washed me white as snow. And I'm saying goodbye. Hallelujah. And in the backyard, there should be a grave back there. Our old self. My God. But no, we, we don't have a grave back there. You have a grave back there when you get saved. You die to self. Amen. Thank God, thank God. Solomon forgot. He went on back to the pig pen, to the mud, and he's going to try to have his own way. My God. See, like him, we tend to disguise our compromise in religious clothing. Solomon knew how to sound religious. He was a very wise man. Don't forget, there was nobody as wise as him. My God. Listen to what Solomon said in chapter 8, verse 11. Quote, my wife shall not dwell in the house of, of, of David, king of Israel, because the places to which the ark of the Lord has come are holy. See, Solomon was kidding himself, thinking that if he could keep sin in a safe distance, he'd be able to enjoy the pleasures of compromise without cost. But sin has a cost, y'all. It's going to cost you something. Uh, it's a warning to us in case we find ourselves caught in a web of well-disguised compromise, like Solomon, building places to worship the false gods of the culture we spiritually marry into and like him build those places conveniently near the church, near our home, near to our heart, in a different department of our personality. We begin to compartmentalize. Second Kings 11 showed us that's what happens. If you claim to be Christ's disciple, you must know this. If even in small ways, you live to fix your life, to arrange for your own pleasure in ways that violate holiness, for, for love, for a better life. You want that life right now. Amen, like Reverend Ike said. I know that there's pie in the sky, but I want mine right now. So he began to have well, so many cars, it looked like a showroom. My God, we want that better life for right now. But you know what? Eventually, corruption will come in this world. Are we banking all of ourselves to a corrupt way? What's going to be corrupt instead of loving Jesus who will last forever? Amen. We cannot naturally learn to perfectly obey God. Sometimes we try to do that in our own nature, try to obey God. We can't do that. We need a renewal of the power of the Holy Ghost. We need a right relationship with the Holy Ghost to get back in there. See? If we could live on our own power, if that were so, we would not need Jesus to be Savior of the world. See, uh, that is not what Second Chronicles is, is leading us to believe. Try to take the gist of this message home with you. Uh, we should never look for soulish realm experts and doctrines to coach and coax us into how to make our life work instead of following God's spirit. Amen. 
And God's spirit will lead us into a right relationship with God into his presence. And that's where the chains of sin will be destroyed. Yokes are destroyed in his presence. Amen. Uh, The anointing, what? Destroys the yokes of bondage. We need to, amen, get into that presence and soak and and, and stay there. My God, let, let our souls, ourselves marinate in there. Amen. Sometimes we go dip our toe in and go away real fast. No, we need to go on in there and soak it in. Amen. Thank God. My mother told me the uh, elderly, the uh, elderly folk need to not shower as much as they used to. Now they need to go in there and soak. Get in the bathtub. Amen. Thank God. And there's so many reasons for that. Amen. Some of us need to do that. We need to go back to the old way. Amen. And God wants us baptized in. Amen. Complete submerging. Go down. Amen. And, and, and receive. Amen. A mature feeling. Thank God. We get them little baby feelings, but we need a mature feeling. My God. Dibbling and dabbling like we did when we were little kids. My God. Playing church still like we were little kids. God said, put away childish things. Thank God. Let's go into the mature flow of the Holy Ghost. The mature, amen, rendezvous with God. Stay there and soak a while. Amen. Let your bones get all, amen, massaged in that warmth. Thank God. Let your muscles get all massaged. Thank God. Let God come in and do a deep cleaning, a deep healing. Amen. Let the Epsom salt of his presence come in and ease the wounds. Amen. Heal where there's a healing needed. Amen. Let him come to do what he came to do. Heal, deliver, set free. Sometimes we're trying to save folks and we're not saved. Trying to deliver folks and we're not delivered. My God, trying to help folks to stop cursing, but we're really cussing God in a different way without using them words. My God, we throw God the middle finger every day when we don't want to hear what his spirit has to say to the church. We're stiff-necked. We're cussing God. But God is calling for us, amen, to step out of that quagmire of disbelief and fogginess and realize, amen, that earth is formidable and God's instructions, amen, even though they seem impossible to follow because of our flesh, that God is offering from glory his power for our lives through fellowship with him. We got to get out of the pasture of hell and get into the pasture of heaven. Forego the gates of hell and come into the gate of heaven. Leave the losing side. Join the winning side. Amen. God is offering for us power to do that. So in the process, he's going to prepare your heart to hear the Son of God. He's going to prepare your feet, enabling them to follow him as your great shepherd. Amen. Your heart will get right and your feet will follow. Thank God. Jesus honored and blessed the heavenly Father's heart by following his every instruction perfectly. And he did so for our sake. It was part of God's plan. The first 39 love letters of the book of God's holy word, the library of God's holy word, will help us all to receive God, believe God, 
and through his power achieve the holiness that he expects for us to live. We can make it through life's maze of difficulty by holding on to God's unchanging hand of grace. I'm going to hold on. I don't know about you. The amazing grace of Jesus heals, delivers, and makes us free. I want him to make me free today. Do you know the living truth? Do you know him? Hallelujah. Do you know him? Hallelujah, God. Do you know the living truth who seeks to bless all willing souls? You got to be willing. Willing souls. He's going to bless them with his eternal love by his grace to save. Amen. I want to rest assured in in Jesus. Not my own ability, not what I think. Amen. Because whatever we might think is right, amen, it could lead us to disaster. We can't do what's right in our own eyes. My God, lean not what on your own understanding. My God, we got to go in with the move of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, God. We need him. We need him. Oh, God. My God, my God. We need you. We need you. I dare you all over this room. If you have been convicted by God's spirit in any way for any matter in your life right now, just bow your head right quick. Father God, I pray that you will create in me a clean heart. Go ahead and say that in your heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Hallelujah. Consecrate me now, thy great Jehovah, with the power of love divine. Make my soul to look up with a steadfast hope and my will to be lost in thine. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. How many believe God's going to do new things in your life right here and right now? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We of the realm of Agape Christian Church pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.org. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you.